Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to what's now called, well, for at least for another week or so, Clark County Today Sports Podcast with me, reporter Paul Valencia, and our school administrators with an inside look at high school sports, Tony Liberatore. Did I say that right, Tony? I'm going to say that every day. And Kale Pylon. We appreciate your feedback from the first episode. Here's our second episode. Today, we're going to talk signing day. We'll talk about sportsmanship. Got to mention the 50-point game by uh, Brooklyn Haywood of Union. We'll be doing uh, coaching changes for football, Heritage, and Columbia River. A shout-out to Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps, and then uh, our Super Bowl picks if we have time. I'm sure we'll we'll make time. Thank you. Yes, we so, will make time for the Super Bowl picks. Yes. So how are you guys doing? Good. Good. It's been a good, good. week. Good. good. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. And um, let's see here. Uh, signing day was today, and um, so for for football, and then schools nowadays, they they take this day, or even I think Evergreen's going to do it in March, where they take all of their athletes from all sports and put them all at stage at once. But I'm old school. This is football signing day <laughs> traditionally, and uh, yes. So um, and you know. Got a couple guys. What Kyle Chen and Jacob Martin of Mountain View? They're both going to the Air Force Academy. Yep. That's special. That's very special. And so, Kale, I, I wanted to ask you: uh, Did you ever have an athlete go to, to one of the military academies? No, I actually never had anybody sign with with a military academy. Um, you know, that's I had a, a number of athletes who were recruited by the military academy, and Air Force in particular does a really good job in this area. They, their, yes. their presence is is really kind of pronounced. Um, but that's that is. It's just such a different decision for for a lot of kids. You know, when you're making your college choice, going to an academy versus going to just a a, a regular comprehensive university or, or college. Um, so, uh, kudos to those guys. I mean, uh, that's 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 a lifestyle choice. Absolutely, Tony. You were with Columbia River for years, and you've been with Vancouver Schools for years. Do you, do you yeah, know what same as Kale. The only uh, nothing as a coach, as an AD. This was kind of a weird situation. We had a River student sign with Air Force Soccer. He never played for Columbia River Soccer. He was all club. Mm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And so we, I mean, you know, and it was, and I didn't know, and the parents just said, hey, our son is signing with Air Force for soccer. Can he be part of the signing day? And that's the one we did in in June, I think, you know, when we kind of uh, lumped a lot of the kids together. But right, yeah. Right. But we we did have a lot of recruiting. I think Kel, you know, Air Force was definitely um, – a presence just i mean it's the furthest west and right all that so well as a former army soldier i i gotta say you know, go army and uh, <laughs> i i actually went to west point once but no i was never smart enough to attend west point but uh, when i was stationed at fort drum new york um, i went down to uh, an air force army football game and wrote a couple of stories on on that and if you've ever been to west point it's it's special and it's right. it's I know the country's only a couple hundred years old. The place looks like it's 500 years old. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. In, well, in it, a great way, in a, in a wonderful way. Well, and it was, you know, I mean, you go back, it was the site of, of you know, West Point was a fort in the, yeah. my history yep. teacher coming out now. There you go. In the, the revolutionary era. So, right. there you go. And then you go to Air Force Academy and everything is all modern. It's just, they're complete opposite. They might as well be 200 years apart, not just 2,000 miles apart. Right. But, uh, but it's still, it's fascinating. So congratulations to those guys. Going to go play some football for Air Force. Other potential signees, I'm just going to do a few names just to give a little shout-out. Jonathan Landry, Evergreen. And these are potential signees. When we're recording this, we think they signed today or or are going to or have at least made commitments. Eastern Washington for Jonathan. Um, Jonathan Stromberg tied in from uh, Skyview going to Idaho. Jalen Salavea, Skyview going to Portland State. 
Ty Evans from Skyview going to Central Washington. Joe Merlino of Union is going to Central Washington. Adam Watts of Columbia River, I believe, said yes to Idaho State. Okay. And I, uh, and I know I'm missing a few other guys out there. And uh, The only one that I remember off the top of my head was also Mountain View's quarterback. Oh, Mitch, yeah. Mitch, Mitch Johnson. I, Mitch Johnson. I, I saw that on Twitter. Central, Central Washington, yep. right? Yeah, that, 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 that's really good for him. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then um, I just saw this on Twitter, and I was actually in Mindy, Mindy Williams Cleland's school uh, classroom at Skyview today. Well, her son is the biggest Vancouver signing uh, as far as Power 5 Conference. Royce Cleland is going to the University of Washington. He's just a Jesuit kid. Yeah. So he goes to school at His uh, first two know, years were Portland. at Skyview, if I remember correctly. Yes, they were. Yeah. And his parents, you know, Cam Cleland, tight end in the NFL. And then Mindy was a two-sport athlete in the Pac-10. So that's it's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. I always tell people that she's the best athlete at Skyview High School. And, and she's a YouTube legend before social media, right? She is the one that hit the foul ball in, I'm not going to, it might have been the NCAA College Softball World Series or uh, just a home game for Washington. But anyways, uh -huh. she hits the foul ball and hits the guy on the bike. <laughs> so that was on the sports center, like way back when. Like, so we're going. I never knew that yes, one. That's so awesome. if you look it up, it's got like That's 10 million good. views or something. So, right. so about signing day, you know, get you guys this expert yeah. analysis, or not, not analysis, but just, hey, Kale, you had an interesting signing uh, from the 2004 state championship Evergreen team. Taylor Rank yep. went to the SEC, played at South Carolina. I know there was a connection between Taylor's dad and Steve Spurrier. I remember something about that. But I have to wonder, did Spurrier actually ever come to Vancouver? He did not. Um, that was a – well, there's not a lot of kids from the, the Vancouver area heading to – Is he the S last one, the SEC? SEC? I think so. I can't remember anybody else going I mean, to the it's SEC. It's been 20 years for sure, yeah. Um, and that was an interesting – Taylor's recruiting was pretty interesting. He was actually um, – he got an early offer to the University of Washington, mm -hmm. uh, and they were actually they were taking him as a receiver, and called that was a that year UW was was not good, um, and Randy Hart, who was had recruited this area for a long long time, called and he used some colorful language when he I had him on the phone, not at me, but he was angry that they were doing this, but they were pulling the offer from Taylor. Wow. Uh, basically because he said, we're not, we're not any good right now and we have to go get some JC talent and Taylor hadn't accepted, hadn't formally accepted the offer yet. So, uh, he was then recruited by a lot of big sky schools and in fact had taken a visit to Montana state and had texted me when he got home and basically said, yeah, I think I'm going to, this is where I want to go. I'm going to commit. And then Spurrier got hired at South Carolina, uh, and he, Steve had been the receivers coach at Georgia Tech when Taylor's dad had played there. So that's where the connection was. Mm -hmm. um, and Spurrier's son called him, and they had, obviously there had been there had been some buzz around Taylor. Uh, his performance in the state championship game had wow. elevated that buzz, <clears throat> uh, and they offered him on the and he accepted on the spot. hadn't Didn't take a visit. Just wow. <laughs> he had he had lived in Georgia, so he was it, moving moving back to the East Coast was not a big deal for him. Right. Uh, but yeah, or as was, they say, the South. Yes. Look, you'll get in trouble for calling that East Coast. Well, yeah, this is my right. West, my West Coast bias, my yes. Pacific Northwest <laughs> bias. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so he committed, uh, but no, uh, coach Spurrier never made the trek out here. Uh, Taylor, Taylor didn't, didn't push the recruiting that far. There's a great photo of Taylor scoring a touchdown with the student section behind him. And it's just so cool that a guy from Vancouver scored a touchdown in the sec. I just think that's really neat. And he wasn't a star running back. He had a good career and I think he was really good at special teams, but he did get one start and he had a hundred yards in that start. Um, and I remember there's all kinds of details of why he got that start with some guys in front of him, you know, maybe not following some rules, but he did it, yeah. you know? And so he, he, that. he wasn't a huge star, but he was, a he made it to the sec and he performed an hour. Then he went into that, uh, ultra strength man or crossfit, cr- crossfit yeah, training. Yeah. Yep. The guy's the fittest man in the world. So yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, so what was that? Help me out. The former Notre Dame coach who's now at LSU is a Brian, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did write that. Yeah. He was in Vancouver last year when word when, when it was leaked that he was leaving Notre Dame. Yep. So he was actually here in, um, recruiting one of our athletes, Tobias Merriweather. Yep. But so, what other big name coaches can you recall coming to Vancouver schools? Or, for Tony. Well, just personally, and I'm, that was a good question because I had to as. You know, going back to River, the only the biggest ones that I remember, and these aren't that that big anymore. But uh, when River had some dudes, uh, Tyrone Willingham, mm. um, when he was at Stanford, he was coming to see both uh, Brett Pierce and Billy Knotts, right. uh, and then at that same time, uh, WCU, so Mike Price, uh, Mike Levenseller. Um, you also asked us, Paul, um, some of our favorites, and Kel mentioned Randy Hart. Yep, and. Randy Hart, when I was AD, still this was right before he retired. Uh, he was at Stanford. When, I mean, so he uh, coached at Washington for 20-plus years, um, a college assistant for over 40, and has participated as an athlete and then as a coach, 10 Rose Bowls. Wow. And he had – like, he remembered my name. Uh-huh. You know, and I'd met with – I mean, just like in passing. And he came in and would just would just talk, and we'd talk about – River and I mean he was close with Coach O, um, so Randy Hart would be my favorite. But we didn't have, you know, now and you know we talked a little bit about this prepping for the show, which is recruiting has changed because I saw um, I think Lincoln Riley came to Evergreen, yes, about two weeks ago. That's okay. huge. Oh yeah. Um, and when you're starting to see like to get USC's head coach mm-hmm. to set foot in Clark County, that's big. Yeah. I mean the Northwest guys w- w- would all the time. Right. But you're, you're, so I don't know if he was coming up to see Nike too, Yeah, but that's big. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of that too, when, especially with guys that get to new programs and new yep. areas. Right. Mm-hmm. So he wants to make his presence felt up here. And, and let's be honest, Clark County, as far as a talent hotbed is different than it was yes. even five years. I mean, there, there are guys here every year now that, yep. that they, they need to make sure that they've, they've got a, a foothold uh, in our region because there'll be players right. that they're right. going to want. In fact, uh, a guy got also on that 2004 team, Kale, Greg, Greg Peach, yep. Yep. ended up uh, Eastern Washington, right? Eastern Washington. But then he played 10 years in the CFL. I yeah. mean, so obviously a talented guy. Peach was and, a beast. Yeah, yeah Peach he was, was a beast. I, so, but but we, under-recruited. Oh, we had to browbeat Eastern Washington uh, into kind of upping his package a little bit because we were like, you don't understand how good this kid is going to be. Um, and he was a blank slate 
I mean, he, he you could see the explosiveness and everything. But Greg, I mean, he he had a lot of weight that he had to put on when yeah. when he got there. And and once that weight came on, I mean, he was the defensive line. I forget the name of the trophy for for the FCS, but he was the the he was a national player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the national defensive lineman of the year. So yeah, he was he, he was, was one heck of a player. Yep, nice guy too. All right, now we're gonna I mean, switch uh, switch subject here to sportsmanship uh, and. This has been going on for years, these scores that get out of hand in certain sports, and basketball is a big one. And this year in the state of Washington, what, Oakville beat Mary M. Knight in basketball 107-4. to 107-4. to And I've heard some internet rumors of that they changed their schedule around. That they, I, I don't. I could never get confirmation of what actually has happened. But they're they're trying to fix that before they go into the postseason. But um, but I just kind of wanted to ask you guys, you know, um, your thoughts as administrators and former coaches. And how do you combat this when the scores are just getting that crazy? Well, Kale, we'll uh, go with Kate, you, Kale. Yeah. To me, and I don't know the specifics of that situation. Um, right. You know, I don't, I don't know what was going on with Miriam Knight, and but to me, it, it's really inexcusable. I don't, I don't know how you do that, and because even there has to be ways. Even if you're just going to tell your at that point in time, telling your team not to shoot. I know there's some people on the other side of it that say that that's more demoralizing than than mm-hmm. um, than having them run the score up that that to to that extent. Um, but that's not good. That's not good for high school athletics. It's just, it's, it's not. Um, and, and so it would be very difficult for me to really understand or to, to get an acceptable explanation of, of how that took place. And if that, that truly was the best that they could do, then what they've decided to do and not, and not play those games. I mean, that's, there's no reason that game should be played. Right. Tony. Yeah. Very similar. Um, I would want to know, you know, very, some very specific. Are they still pressing? Right. Are they, you know, did you, you know, how long were the starters in? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different factors. Um, but, you know, and I know that you tried to confirm. I also texted some people just to see, and I haven't uh, got any sort of confirmation yet. Um, but I think the league did step in, and mm-hmm. that's what you alluded to. And, you know, and I think that's important. And, you know, and Kel and I um, – this just popped in my head. You know, last year, Kel and I had to work on a sportsmanship thing. Was that softball? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yes. you know, but it, but like I, you know, I had known Kale, mm-hmm. and and I was just filling in because my boss asked me because our AD was wasn't on on site at that time. He was, you know, he's taking some personal days and whatnot, and so it was just right. one of those things. And Kel was like, "Hey, this is what happened, and this is what we're going to do." And Right. Well, and so it's I funny. trusted that. I think 107 to 4 in basketball is 10 times worse than 25 to 1 in softball. But but or whatever it was in softball. Yeah. But I'm assuming you did talk to your coach. You did talk to the AD of that school. What happened, right? Right, Kale? And, and and you you do get you get the facts before you make any decisions. Yeah, correct. You, you investigated and you look into what precautions were taken place. You know, it took place, and um, could some things have been done better? And is it a learning opportunity? Absolutely. Right. Um, but in talking with that, that wasn't a situation where the coach was just being blatant and trying to right. do was was trying to have what happened happen. She she had taken some very definite steps during the the contest that weren't as effective, I think, as everybody would have liked them to have been. Right. But, um, so you have, you do have to look at those, those situations, but a lot of times, 
you know, now speaking as a, as a former coach, you have a pretty good idea if you're going into a contest that's going to be as lopsided as that one was going to be. And so you should be taking precautions like from the start, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who are, who are we starting? Who, who, who are we trying to run sets for? Um, you know, you can do some things when it, when it, cause 107 to three, is that, that or four or whatever, 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 whatever. whatever. they were in that, single digits, you know, that, that the, the talent discrepancy is going to be so massive that you, you could have played, you you need to have a plan going into the game to try right. to avoid that from happening. Exactly. I don't even understand it because there is a running clock in yes. high school basketball. Yeah. So I don't even know how you can get to 107 unless you're trying to. And let's face it, they must have been trying to. But but it's it's interesting. You know, we talk. Uh, you know, obviously you're part of a volleyball family. There are no issues in volleyball because there's a set score that you go to, and if you beat someone 25 to 2, or 25 2, 25 4, 25 2, it's just over. The game's over. Yes. The match is over. Yes. But in basketball, it's a time. Football, we have running clock, but f- football seems to have worked it out. Most football seems to work it out. You get to running clock, and it goes really Some varsity fast. still yeah. is probably an issue. Yeah. But I think varsity so, level around here, I think the okay. coaches have, and you know, we talked about that right. last week about scheduling. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches around here now, have worked right. a lot of the varsity and schedule out. When one the one sport okay. the one sport where there aren't any precautions and it, it, it really is a clock that runs is soccer. Yep. Yep. Uh, and in fact I know James yep. Ensley from Fort Vancouver tried to write an amendment last year that um, that didn't get supported, but was was trying to put in some sort of mercy rule for soccer as well because we we do really need one. I mean, it, yes, it's, it's there. There are you see some soccer scores where you just scratch your head and go. And the problem is with soccer, like you can look at a at a score and it's eight nothing, nine nothing, and that to some people that don't know anything about soccer that well oh, oh nine nothing i mean that's not that big a deal nine nothing in soccer i mean that's like 63 nothing in football right so. right and it's yes yeah and also the talent level even within leagues so it's not like you yes. can play a non-league yeah oh we're not going to play this game oh if it's league i mean sometimes for fortunate <laughs> for, yeah you know, it's in right. a, you know the number one team in a league is so much better than the last place team and but i, I yeah i was I don't know. I, I just wonder if we need in volleyball, there's a spot where the darn game ends. If you get yep. to a point, why, why can't we do that for football and basketball? We have running clock at football at 40 points. I think it's basketball is 35 points, but in basketball, if you get up by 50, why don't you just end the game? I, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I, yeah. I mean, because yeah. but I you're not coming I, back from a 50 point. Paul, game. I think you're larger. <laughs> I think at least, you know, and on the, as the AD side or maybe even the coach side, these, this is those things where, and I've seen it work where leagues work together or the mm-hmm. league schools really yes. work together and just say, you know, there, we shouldn't be playing JV or we shouldn't be playing this game. Now this, this league is reacting to that score. So I'm, right. I'm just curious cause there's, you know, there's postseason ramifications. Clearly they're good. Right. And so I don't know. And I'm sure, you know, Kel will hear district four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. will will come up with something, and that's not for us to talk about right now. But right. you know, they'll come up with some sort of yeah. um, solution that yeah. supports both schools or all the schools. I actually should should point that out to our listeners that there are some things you you know you two are not allowed to talk about just yet, especially if it's something that is coming up in the next week or two. You know, in yeah. the WIA, it may be on in, the in the eligibility for agenda. Yeah, so yeah, so, so I, don't, I don't know. I don't see it yeah. anymore. I would so. imagine it's going to be uh, <laughs> exactly. this month. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's do a little, a little bit more. Um, uh, well, a little bit more local. We'll do uh, you know Brooklyn Haywood 
freshman from Union, scored 50 points. And I did a little, just a little bit of research with, do you, remember, you guys remember Kevin Greenwood by chance? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he used to keep all the basketball records for yep. Clark County up to about 2003, 2004. So he sent me a bunch of records. And yeah, there's been a handful of boys who have cracked the 50 point mark. And then just recently from Fort Vancouver, Khalil, Khalil. Singleton yep. hit 50, got 55 just a couple of years Holy ago. Cross coincidentally. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, Holy Cross. That's awesome for, for him. And, um, but We've had some 50-pointers. We cannot recall a 50-point score in girls' basketball. So I'm not saying it's a record because I don't know, but definitely rare error. And well, I was racking Tony? my brain to yeah. go back with – so some of the uh, – Mountain View, remind me, your era – well, a little after my. Didn't little, she go to Oregon? It was, was a little her after, name? little after my era. Angelina. Angelina. Wolver, okay, Ooh. where was her name? She, she was incredible. Now. She's actually uh, elementary school principal for us. Oh, okay. In, in every school district now, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, she was she was an inside player, so the three point shot wasn't sure. wasn't available to her. Right. Um, and Corinne Wilson uh, was on was part of that team too. Who was mm-hmm. the she was a longtime girls basketball coach at Heritage High School, and she could shoot. Um, I don't know if Corinne ever had fifty, right? Um, but that that would have been like mid nineties, right? And so the only other one that I remember, and she's a maybe a year or two older than me, was Lori Merlino. Okay, and she went to Fort coincidentally, played at UW, mm-hmm. and she, but I don't remember fifty. Yeah, right. and that was before the three, but she could score, right? And, and she, you know, was probably a top five all time GSHL player. Yeah, but fifty in a high school game for any level, right. thirty two minute game. None of the none of the none of the prairie girl no corrals. Well, or. see, uh, Ashley was I think thirty seven or maybe forty, and uh, Heather was uh, more of an all around, you know. So never never got never got into that range, um, and yeah, we've had some forty point games, but I don't think I just can't think of a fifty for no. a girl. So congratulations what about to Brooklyn. Made their run? I guess that was more of a team too. Yeah, you know? yeah, they, uh, yeah. Brooke Brooke Bowen was yeah yeah. 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 So she could get twenty five, but fifty. 50 is just a, a lot different of world. And and I'm going to I'm going to go on a little defense uh, uh here. I, I told you guys I would. So I met Brooklyn and her parents. I spent about 2 hours in their living room in December. I've never written a profile this big on an athlete who had never played a game yet in high school sports. <laughs> but that's how big she was in in club ball across the country. 50,000 Instagram followers for this eighth grader at the time because she's that good of a shooter, that good of a potential basketball player. Division one scholarship offers before she played a high school game. So I wanted to get to know her, and I'm glad I did. She's she's really, really nice. And, you know, she's a basketball player, but she's also just, you know, a 14 – she's a teen girl who just, you know, enjoys enjoys – loves basketball and enjoys being around friends and stuff. But uh, – it's funny. So we, you know, everyone was writing about the fifty-point game, and on social media, you get the trolls and the people going, "Oh, she did that against a what a two B school, LaConnor, right? right? Yeah. Well, first of all, LaConnor is a top five, top ten team in two B, and they're looking for competition. They want to go, they go on the road. They beat Skyview the very next day, so right. they're not a bad basketball team. Right. They're just two B. Yep. And then I want to just scream out, it's still a varsity basketball game. What are you doing criticizing someone who has the ability to score 50 points? And then she does. It doesn't matter who she played. She still had to make the basket. Absolutely. (laughs) And so I just, I get a little defensive on that. And I I acknowledge that maybe I'm too close to it because I met the family. Right. And I really, um, 
really like Brooklyn, but yeah, 50 points is special. And, and I was glad to, I, I ended up doing a follow-up article on Clark County today. I, I talked to Gary Mills, head coach of union that night. Oh, you did. And, and it was just, uh, yeah, he just, he, he called it video game numbers, ridiculous, all that stuff. And it was just a sight to, to behold. Or is that how you say yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> but again, 32-minute yeah. game, and she's got 50. Exactly. That's, exactly. I mean, I don't care what level. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think. We've had some really good – we've had you – know, Union's had some okay okay basketball teams. Uh, yeah. you know, they're not a, considered a great, great program in girls' basketball now, but but nobody's done 50 at Union, I can tell you that. That's, no, <laughs> that's I, I can verify that. Yeah, yes. that one I know. <laughs> that one I know. So it's at least a school record, but I still think it might even be a bigger – uh, it might be a whole county record yeah. for all I know. Right. All right. We also had some uh, what coaching changes in football. Well, um, it happens every year, but uh, at Heritage, Heritage uh, statistically, sorry, Kale, I know you're the uh, Evergreen School District athletic director, but Heritage statistically had its worst season of uh, you know in, in its history. Yeah, it just sorry, I'm trying to sugar. No, no they struggled <laughs> this year. It, but yes. it, yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, th- their coach resigned, and then the, you guys have hired Kevin Peterson, who yep. has been teaching at Heritage since 2004. He's been an assistant coach for many of the years, but what I also love about it is he took some time off, family commitments and yep. things like that, so he's not burned out, but he's still been a teacher the whole time at Heritage, so he knows the challenge, and he also knows how awesome it's going to be when it turns around. But I was going to ask you, Kale, I, I don't know how much... I know uh, Jason Castro, the AD at Heritage, is in the hiring process. I'm sure you're a part of it. I don't know. Yep. But what are you looking for when you're hiring a coach? Oh, man. So when you're when you're looking for a head coach, and I, I tell folks this all the time, being a head coach, it's it, it truly is one of those jobs that you can't fully understand until you do it, simply, simply because – it's just when you sit in that chair, it's it's a different view from that chair than it is um, it is from the assistant role. Um, so obviously, you know you're looking you're looking for for people that are passionate about kids and and want to treat kids kids right. Um, they have a passion for the place that they're going to be in mm-hmm. um, because that's that's super important. Um, you know, I tell. You can tell a, a coaching interview is over uh, about five to ten minutes in if I've heard the word "I" about uh, ten, fifteen times. Yeah, okay, it's a good point. You know, I when I was here, I won this and I won that. Well, no, we won this and we won that. So that's that's a big deal. Um, but you're also looking for somebody who has a vision. Um, it's kind of like I'm, Tony, you know, in working with teachers. When you have a teacher that um, you're helping, helping plan for the year, you don't. I don't. Don't focus on what you're doing first. Don't focus on the first two weeks. Where Where do you want your kids to be at the end? Right. Right. And how am I going to get them there? Well, it's the same. It's the same with coaching. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the same skill set. So you have to have a vision and a plan. So uh, what I want to hear is is what is a kid going to say to me after they've been in your program for four years? How are they going to describe that? Because that is what your focus on. What we're going to do here in year one should be focused on what are these kids going to say when they leave our program? Um, and, and, and you, you absolutely, obviously for Kevin, it's a little bit easier because he's been in the program, he's been in the school. So having a plan, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have a plan as to what you're going to do. So if you're in the school, obviously you, you have some advantages in, in what that plan should look like. Um, but if, if we're interviewing you and it's, it's coming from, uh, you're coming from out of district or out of the area, you still should be doing your research and have an idea of, um, you know, what, 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 what is the boys basketball program at Mountain View High School? No, JC's good. He's, we're not hiring there, but, but, but what, <laughs> you know, if that, if that, if that were the program, if we were interviewing for that and you were, you were coming from California, well, you should have an idea as to, to what, what the, what the program is about. So that interview team feels, um, like if we hire if we hire Tony Libertor, we got an idea of what that's going to look like. Cool. And Tony, you were an AD at Columbia River, so you you hired coaches, and now you're an administrator at Fort Vancouver. You yeah, hired just teachers. coincidentally, I sat in on a couple of head coaching interviews last week. Um, you know, we want uh, what Kill is saying those well rounded individuals and to fit in. And I think um, I have met Kevin a couple times, just uh, uh, then as a coach, um, and I think. Th- Heritage got a, what I would call like a rolling start because what I was always worried about as an AD is to get the head coach into the building mm-hmm. teaching wise. Right. And, um, you know, that's when I, at least on my side, I would work with Kel's counterpart mm-hmm. uh, in our district, you know, Mick uh, Hoffman or then Albert Alcantar. What can we do? Um, especially if they weren't a teacher. Uh, sometimes it was a little bit easier if they weren't a teacher, we could find something in the district, um, depending on their level of education and experience. If they were a teacher, um, it's just the, the nature of the business now. I mean, you used to, it's a given, um, you know, Hey, a head coach is, we got to get them in the building and you can't do that as often as you want. So I applaud, you know, that Jason and Kevin, I mean, he knows heritage and that's huge. He's Mr. Timberwolf. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and Kevin Peter. so that's what I would always look for. I have to get you in the building. Right. And speaking of Columbia River, Brett Smedley resigned as football coach last week. Get this. <laughs> he coaches a varsity sport in the fall, football. His wife, Brianne, coaches volleyball in the fall, and they both have two young children. So, yeah, Brett uh, yeah, told me last week that it's just it's just time. He needs to, you yep. know, someone needs to focus a little bit more. Well, they just needed time away from the, the sport. And uh, I got to go with you, Kale, because you have a very interesting <laughs> – uh, yeah, you you know this all too well because your wife Lori is also a volleyball coach, and you both were at Evergreen in two thousand three or two thousand four. You were both league champions, I think, undefeated or whatever. I mean, it was you guys were going crazy uh, volleyball and football at the same time. Tell me what that's like to to pull that off. Yeah, we lived it. Um, well, for us, it was it was easier um, because we hadn't had any kids yet, and mm-hmm. so uh, my daughter was born in two thousand five, um, and so. We had we had coached together um, simultaneously. Oh, geez, for two, three, four years before she was born, um, and then Lori hang, she hung on for a couple of years after that. And it was really I knew on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I I wasn't hanging around in the locker room after practice. I was bolting home and taking taking Allie, and she was taking off to to go get to her game on time. So it it. Once you have kids, so I definitely understand the the, the motives behind this because it, it just makes it it makes it m- much more challenging. When we didn't have kids, 
that was I was at her game, she was at my games, and it was it was fun. And we were right. both busy. We were super busy at the same time, so it really worked. But you can't both be super busy at the same time once once the family start. Right, and then so Lori left volleyball for a while while you still remain in football. Yep. Then, as I tell everyone, you got demoted to admin and yes. left football. <laughs> yes. And then Lori returned to coaching. If she I did. recall, so I, I I mean it worked out. So so Brett, there's hope for you. There's hope for you, Brett yes. Smedley, <laughs> that you'll be able to get back eventually. But uh, but yeah, Brianne's a two-time state champion volleyball coach, so she's not going anywhere. So <laughs> I, I think so. Hey, um, <laughs> another one that Kale's going to have to take a little bit more than you, Tony, That's just okay. because. Uh, but uh, Ryland Spencer, uh, high school football fans, players, coaches, you all know who Ryland is. I believe he changed the way football was covered in this state and for the good. A lot of passionate people write about or scout players from their area. You know, even me in Southwest, I focus on Southwest Washington in my career in the last 20 years, but I don't do the state. Ryland took that to the whole state level and then made Cascadia preps what it is. And and anyway, I just loved it. I loved him. Rankings, writings, podcasts, and he just celebrated the athlete, the players. Um, so he was great at it. Well, this week he announced he's stepping away. So, um, and I got a chance to talk to Ryland yesterday and I gave him my opinion of why he might be stepping away. And, and so I'm going to go a little rant here a little, just a bit, uh, but it's, uh, uh, you know, high school sports is a passion of mine. I think it's pretty clear. Anyone who knows me knows I love this stuff, but the last couple of years since the pandemic, it changed me. And we, and we talked a yeah. little bit about this in the first episode and it's some fans are just taking it way too seriously, going after officials, coaches, or or and sometimes even journalists. And I'm not saying Ryland it was affecting him totally, but Ryland put his name on rankings, you know, mm -hmm. he and stuff like that. I don't do that because I just can't. I'll be honest. I I have too thin a skin of that. I and and too many people get mad at rankings or predictions. Well, Ryland would do that, and I I just guessed that maybe. Too many people were just giving him a hard time on it because you can't be right all the time. It's it's the guessing game. It's sports. But in my opinion, it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have fun arguments. It's sports. But too many people were taking it seriously. And there's a lot of other things going on. And, and all he said was, I don't disagree with what, what I said. And so, but anyway, Ryland, we love you. And I, and I just think you... You made this state better for football coverage for all of us, so uh, best of luck to you. But, Kale, uh, how long have you known Ryland? <laughs> so I've known Ryland since, let's see, that would have been the 2000 uh, football season. So I, we, when we were going through our bios last week, I kind of quickly said that I'd left the district for a year and was a head football coach up in the Seattle area, and that was at Juanita High School. And Ryland was a member of that football team. Um, so I got a chance to coach Ryland my one year up there in, in Seattle. Uh, and I, I echo your sentiments, Paul. He's been really good for the state. And uh, I always appreciated that Ryland also covered – he covered everything within the state. So it wasn't just covering, you know, 4A, 3A oh. football. He covered he covered every level of football. The definition um, of a junkie. Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, we're talking 60, 70, 80 games a year he'd go to. Right. Yep. Well, and what was good, Paul, and you alluded to this, what was good about Ryland in the last, you know, whatever X amount of years you said is that he was good on social media. Yes. And I loved his concession rankings, things like that, right? Yep. I yes. mean, just, you know, whatever he did or whatever he called it, that was funny. And you and he did highlight the kid, but also, like you're saying, that's the double-edged sword, right. is that people can get in touch with him easily and say, you know, you are a blankety-blank because you rank right. my school fifth right. instead of fourth or whatever. You now, know? you know, someone who might not 
love Ryland. I think they respect him, but they'll never admit it. The WIA, because Ryland yeah. was really a harsh critic of some of their choices and still is. But you know what? I and I have a great relationship with the guys at the WIA, I believe, and uh, and I respect what they do, and I always try to get their their point of it before I write a column or something to rip on whatever. And uh, <laughs> but but I love that there's someone like Ryland out there who is always going to be a harsh critic of them, and it keeps. It keeps you on your toes. If, if you know, if you're if you're the governing body of high school sports, somebody should be able to criticize you in a free society. So I love how Ryland did that, but I, I think the WI respects him though, even if they got a little frustrated with some of his rants. <laughs> True. Yep. <laughs> all right. So uh, all right. I guess. Uh, hey, wait, yeah. This isn't. This is going quicker than I thought. So Super Bowl. Uh, we are uh, for right now. We're doing this once every two weeks. So we're. Nope. We're recording this podcast the week after the AFC and NFC championship games. I, I'm still in mourning over the Chiefs winning. <laughs> but um, let's hear from Tony and Kale. Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl and why? Tony. I'm going to go Chiefs 38-28, Mahomes-Kelsey factor. That's it. Okay. Without getting into too many details. I know you hate that, Paul. But well, I, no, it's it's quite all right. I, I mean, it, I, I hate the prediction. I hate, uh, yeah, I, I, yes. I, it's okay. I, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Paul, you're not going to be much happier with me then. Because yeah. uh, I, I basically, I mean, I look, when I'm looking at matchups like this, I look at quarterback and I know Mahomes is hobbled, but he was still pretty incredible on Sunday. Right. And then I look at the coach, not that I have anything against Sirianni, but Mahomes and Andy Reid, it's just, it's it's tough to pick against those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Raider fan. I know. I, I know how <laughs> tough it is. I know how tough it is. I, well, <laughs> hey, will they do some kind of like ring around the rosy play oh, and snap it and, was, and try to score? That was just, that was weak. That was weak. I, I weak or it took a lot of courage because you got to play the Raiders twice a year moving yes, forward. And yeah. I don't think, hey, I don't think they're going to forget that. Hey, and you know what? That also might have been a <laughs> when the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City a couple of years ago. John Gruden yes. rode the yes. drove the bus yes. around the stadium for a victory lap. I mean, remember that? Yes, I, I love that the Raiders was, I, more than the anything. Inev inevitable victory lap on the field. I, yes. I, I guarantee so, you, they didn't forget that. I'm not mad that the Chiefs did that. I I, I called it weak just because they're the Chiefs, and I'm a Raider fan. I'm supposed to say that, but but no, hey, payback's a you know what? And uh, I'm sorry if you. <laughs> You do a victory lap for a regular season game <laughs> after you've been owned by this team for years. I don't know. I, I, I understand why the Chiefs, Chiefs made us look bad. Um, so anyway, those are fine opinions, you two, on, on, on the Chiefs. Um, but before you, uh, you know, those are smart opinions, too. Uh, but mine, I present bizarro world opinions when it comes to my football. So here you go. First off, you must understand my love for the Raiders. These guys do. But my love for the Raiders trumps pretty much everything else in this, in this world. Not everything, but almost. So when the Raiders are no longer in the hunt, which is often, my sports hate takes over. And that's what happened in these playoffs. The best thing that's happened in these playoffs, the Chargers blowing a 27-0 lead. Oh, my gosh. I agree. Gosh. That was great. That was awesome. I love it. The next, the, the only thing that will top that is if the Chiefs lose. And I'm saying, please let it happen. I'm not predicting a Chiefs loss. I am hoping for mankind <laughs> that the Chiefs will lose. And I think the world of Mahomes, and I believe Kelsey is the greatest to ever play his position. So this is not personal. I respect the athlete, but I hate the team. But here's another reason to pick the Eagles on Super Bowl Sunday. For mankind, the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, the world almost ended. 
You think it, you the pandemic prediction? You might think that the Chiefs winning and the pandemic were coincidental. That's your right, but I know the truth. When the Chiefs win, the world loses. It was one of the seven plagues. Yes. <laughs> so just fly, Eagles, fly, everyone. Fly, Eagles, fly for mankind. So anyway, uh, we hope to do this every couple of weeks for now, and then maybe we'll we'll be in so demand, we'll do it once a week, and then eventually you guys can quit your jobs, right? Yeah, yeah we'll just this full Syndication time. is right around the corner, <laughs> yeah, exactly. sure. Thank you, Paul. I see but, it. But anyway, Tony, Kale, anything you want to add? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm looking forward to uh, we'll get our spring training. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Next time. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm actually making a trip down. So, Oh, sweet. You guys uh, could tell fun. me about it. Yeah. I've never done that. All right. Well, this is Paul Valencia for Kale and Tony. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.